0: Welcome to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. Enjoy the message. I want to tell you about rising above religion. A few weeks ago, I had the privilege of speaking uh, at New Hope Christian College in Eugene, Oregon. I got to speak to the graduating class to lead their baccalaureate, and it was a great time. Uh, And on the way back... I uh, had a flight from Eugene to San Fran, and I got in the plane at San Fran and was flying a Santa Barbara, little plane, two seats here, two seats here, come on, little turboprop. Yeah. I felt like I was on the Mickey coaster at California Adventure, and uh, the thing was going, and it was we hit turbulence. And the guy next to me happened to be a construction supervisor, and his job is, young guy, his job is to take old buildings and renovate them for the new client. A new office going in, a real trendy kind of place. He's also worked with Google, he's worked with Expedia to renovate old buildings and make them what they want them to be. So we're talking about finishes. And you may not think that I like ambiance or finishes, but I do. And I ask them, you know, what, what's trending today? For years it was people putting brick in buildings to make them look older, and, and now he's talking about new kinds of finishes, and what kind of metals they're using, uh, how they're doing the floors now with concrete or different polish, and they're putting lights, LED lights in the floors so when you walk in, and they're, they're motion sensor lights, and it's just all cool stuff, and again, he's doing it in the Bay Area, so it's, it's kind of trendy and posh, and we're having a great conversation, and then the question, what do you do? And I want to say I'm I'm a motivational speaker. Um, I want to say I'm a life coach. I almost said I'm an administrator of a nonprofit. I thought that worked, but I said it. I'm a pastor. And he said, like, of a church? And I said, yes. And he said, verbatim, I don't like religion, and I don't like religious people and he was on the window seat, so he turned towards the window and all his body language said, I don't want you, buddy. And he leaned into the glass, and I said, I don't like religious people either. (laughs) And I'm not religious. And now he leaned in. And I'm gonna tell you some of the conversation that we had as I tried to explain to him that God did not create religion. He found that statement fascinating. I said, God created mankind, and mankind created religion. God made us to have a relationship with us. And when that relationship was severed, and I started preaching, I had to be careful. Um, you know, I sounded like, you know, evangelist for a moment. I had to catch myself, because religious jargon would have been the last thing he needed to hear. Well, you need to be justified by the perpetuation of Christ. How is your eschatology and your harmardiology? I mean, really, I could have, but I chose not to. And of course, he told me that he was living with his girlfriend. Yeah, ooh, uh. <laughs> and so I curled my big toes, which is one of the ways I filter myself, because I almost went religious on him. Uh, people don't need our religious rogue. They don't. You know, it's not God's best for you to shack up. You know, shacking up is all you want to do. It's a line from Fleetwood Mac in the old days. You don't, you don't need, you don't need to do that. If you really, and I thought, really, my mind was going. Hey, listen, you live between the Bay and Santa Barbara. I'll drive down. Let's get a license. Come on, let's let's get, let's make you righteous. Let's let's make an honest woman out of her. Come on. Come on, we'll get a license and I'll marry you down by the beach. And it'll be cool. And I won't even charge you a nickel to come. And... So we got to talking. And I shared with him that every religion is based upon a works theology. Every religion is based upon a works theology. And I shared with him that the root word for religion literally means, are you ready for this? To return to bondage. I mean, in its etymology, it has this whole understanding of people that knew God and created religion. Follow the children of Israel, and you will see people that at every turn, God does something remarkable for them, and pretty soon, they start worshiping other gods. God created man for relationship, for love, for worship, and man created all these religious things. Now, we're going to go to Galatians chapter 1, and then later we're going to be in Romans 3. If you want to go ahead to Romans 3 and, and get your Bible or Bible app, that's where you can go. But we're going to Galatians chapter 1, verse 6 and 7, and as you're there, let me just give you a little background. The Apostle Paul was a church planter extraordinaire, and he would go to different cities and regions and he would preach Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, Christ and Him crucified. That was his message and then Christ resurrected from the dead. That's the Apostle Paul. That's his M.O., he's a, he's a, one, you know, he's a one, one hit wonder. That's, that's what he's got. And then people would gather, and he would start these churches like he did in Galatia, and in this region, and when he leaves, a group called the Judaizers came in and started saying, Paul doesn't know everything. Paul doesn't have the gospel, we do. And so Paul said, you were saved by Christ alone, and they said, you're saved by Christ plus. It's Jesus plus theology. It's Jesus plus, you got to look a certain way. It's Jesus plus, you have to like the music we like. It's Jesus plus, you have to say, praise the Lord, and it's got to be that way. Lord, it rhymes with board. And if you don't say it that way, hallelujah, Jesus to you, that something's wrong with you. I thought on the airplane ride, Lord, is there any way that you can make this flight longer? Most people want to make their flights shorter. I said, Lord, I pray that we're so stacked in at Santa Barbara, we got to circle a few times because I, I, I want to get this guy. <laughs> Not because I'm religious, but because obviously he turned away from me and now we're conversing Well, Paul the Apostle says in Galatians 1, 6, and 7, I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by grace of Christ and are turning to a what? A different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. In other words, when you add to the gospel, it becomes no gospel. When you add to the good news, it becomes bad news. And and, and evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ, to pervert the gospel of Christ. The word um, pervert in the Greek is, I had to hit the little icon speaker, you know, so it it told me it's metastrepho, and it means to corrupt, to distort, or to turn into something else. Um, Some people have said that the word metastrepho is where we get the word "metastasize" from, Where cancer comes in and metastasizes to a a region in our bodies and it changes the form. It, it, It changes the makeup of that particular organ or that particular part of our flesh. It's to pervert, it's to change, it's to make different, it's to turn into something else. And Paul says what started as really good news to you has become religion now. Because the Judaizers came in and said, we have 619 different laws that we've memorized, and if you don't do them, as well as believe in Jesus, you can't be saved. And that's why Paul says, you're perverting the gospel. Some of you go, Pastor B, why do we need to rise rise above religion? Because religion creeps in. And another thing creeps in, is called redemptive lift. When people get saved, and they've been in the church so long, after a while, it's like, hey... Look at all those people out there in the world. Look how bad they are. And you may not say it, but you think it. Because I had to curl my toes because I wanted to chastise this guy for living with his girlfriend. By the way, he didn't tell me they were sleeping together. He said they're cohabitating. Well, I made an assumption, didn't I? They could be living together. They live in Santa Barbara where maybe. Two people are, well, you can't. You got me to abstain from the appearance of evil. Some of you are already thinking of the answers you would have said to him. And I knew if I did, I would have lost him in my religiousness. So I curled my toes and I talked about the gospel. I'm so proud of myself in that moment because most moments I'm not proud of myself, but I was in that moment <laughs> because religion focuses on externals rather than on internals. We try to change people from the outside in. Do this. Be like that. I had the privilege um, Friday of, of uh, providing an invocation at the change of command for uh, Lieutenant Colonel uh, Jared Martin. Uh, they're at the test squadron on the base, and the new coming uh, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Brian Chapman was coming in, and I had the privilege of praying for them and their family as they come to town. and and it was an honor for me. And right in the corner, right, right in the corner were all these like cool looking airmen. They're all standing there. And by the way, if you don't know, um, airmen, even if they're female, they're all called airmen. Okay. So the Lieutenant Colonel Martin, they all got a suit, his final salute. And then the new change of command, the new commander got his first salute. It was so cool. It was like 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 robotic. I mean it was so cool. And I thought about the military. I've been to Lackland before basic training. Uh, About 11 times I was there in Camp Bullis. And I got to watch the brand new recruits come off the bus in their Volcom shirts (laughs) with their longer hair. And pretty soon they come out of the room and they've all got a different shirt on. No more Volcom. And their hair is shorter. And they start to give them the regiment of the military. And here's what I've learned. And in last service and in first service, we had veterans here, and we we have active duty military. And they go, Pastor B, you're right. So let me tell you, because they said I'm right. I'm going to tell you what what I said. If all it is is regiment and rules and never becomes a part of the fabric of their being, they will not succeed. We've had people from this community go into the military thinking, hey, it's going to be fun and games. And they'll say things like, service before self. Serve your country. Serve one another. Never leave your wingman. And if they're self-centered people, I know people that have been booted out of the military because all it was was regiment. All it was was external and not internal, and they never succeeded. I know people have been in the body of Christ, the church, and it's all this external stuff and never become here. My theology professor said in college, the hardest job you'll ever have is to get people in the church saved. Because sometimes people think going to church is their salvation. Sometimes people believe their religion is what saves them. Or their cross on their car, or their, 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 their cross earrings, or or their cross necklace, or their little 49-pound Bible that they carry with them, right? Religion, act like this, look like this, talk like this, walk like this, sing like this. And that's why in Matthew 23, 25, he says, Woe to you, let's read it. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside you're full of greed and self-indulgence. You've got this external thing looking pretty good, but inside, no way, Jose. Well, yes way, Jose. He was on drums today, (laughs) which is the reason why I brought that up. When I was in a Christian band in the late 70s, I was four years old, and uh, (laughs) I was in a Christian band, and on Sunday nights, we would go and play in different churches. And I still remember vividly going to this really large building with, with... Balcony seating all the way around, and sound system, and pipe organ, and orchestra pit. And the only drums I could find were timpani or kettle drums, those big oh, orchestra pedal. Huh? Oh, and they had little chimes, and they had triangles and wood blocks, and one little snare drum that had tape all over it let me know they don't like drums here. And I set up my drums in the middle of their platform on my carpet. And my friend set up his Marshall stack of amps that when you played loud, the amps rocked. It was the early days of Christian rock and roll. And there was this guy, you probably never heard of him. His name was Larry Norman. You have to be really old to even know that name. And he had a song, Why Should the Devil Have All the Good Music. It was so cool. Why did he have to say that? Because religious people said, if you rocked and you rolled, it was of the devil. And I met them, brother and sister. Well, they were married, but everybody called them brother and sister. Some of you have been around church. Hey, brother, brother, Federman. (laughs) When anybody meets me in the community, Brother Fetterman, I kind of know their background. Hey, uh, Sister Fetterman, so nice to see you, Reverend. And they walked down the aisle in this mega church, and he said, "Um, excuse me, who are you guys? And my band leader said, well, our name is Free Flight, and we're playing here tonight. And he said, "Uh, excuse me? We have a singing gospel group tonight. Uh, and he looked at a piece of paper and it said, free flight, are you the singing gospel group? And she said, and I kid you not, why are those drums in here? Drums are from the nightclub, the nightclubs of the devil, and we don't allow those here. Oh. And my band, my, my leader, back, Bernie, back. And I said, well, well, well wait, a wait a minute. Wait a minute. Again, it's a big big room, man. There's no people it's echoed. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. They're not of the devil when I play them. I play them under the Lord. And, and when I hit the tom-tom, the upper tom, I'm beating the snot out of the devil. That's what I'm doing. I don't want him anywhere near me. And she said, not in the house of the Lord. There'll be no drums. Brother. So I took my drums, and I schlepped them back to my car, crammed them all in the back seat and the trunk and the front seat and everywhere I could find a spot, and he said, "Uh, do you sing? I said, a little bit. He said, good. Then you can be a part of the singing group tonight because you guys will do all your songs without the electric guitar, acoustic guitar. You can use the (laughs) piano right there, and that's what we did. We took all our songs. Tone them way down. We did not play Larry Norman. Why should the devil have all the good music? Because we knew that that wouldn't fly. And interestingly enough, we surrendered to their style. Somebody booked us and they were wrong to book us at all. I I, I only share that story is the church can get caught up, not, not that this church, but the church can get caught up in all kinds of weird stuff. Like you know, you can't have tattoos. And the guy at Southside Coffee Shop met me some time ago. And he said, you're the, you're the pastor of Foursquare. I said, yes, I am. And, and he said, am I going to hell? True. Just, true. just like that. I said, well, you know, it depends. Uh, no. <laughs> no, I, I, I said this. It's, it's, it's God's will that no one would, would go to hell. That's why he gave us Jesus. But well, tell me why your question. He says, well, I've, he rolled up his sleeves. I got tattoos all over my body. And I went to a church in Lompoc, and the pastor said, this is some time ago, the pastor said, um, I'll probably end up in hell because of the markings on my external body would disallow the marking of Jesus on my heart. Now, I want to find out who that pastor was. And I want to... Oh, I'm just clapping. I... we call that religion. Religion promotes spiritual pride. Get, get this. And I'm not going to take a long time, but I, I gotta, you got to hear this. I want to show this pyramid because people that feel guilt about what they do end up fearing God. Not, not the fear of the Lord is the beginning of the wisdom, reverence of the Lord, honor to the supreme, but because I've done wrong things, I feel guilty, and therefore I'm fearful. Therefore, I do works. I cannot tell you how many conversations I've had with people that say, you know, I'm a good person. I do good stuff. I don't need God. I, I, I'm good. And, and, and so there's a works ethic, and after that becomes pride. By the way, like any pyramid scheme, very few ever make it to the top. Pride. And pride then looks down on people Pride then looks down on people that are on airplanes that are cohabitating or people that have tattoos or people who play drums and says down its long nose, you are not worthy of God. And that's not my call. My call is to say, everyone can come to know the Savior Jesus, and because of the Savior, his righteousness is applied to us, and because of his righteousness being applied to us, we have access to God, the God who loves us lavishly and doesn't want us to perish, the God who looks beyond tattoos and places where people live, and the, excuse my words, stupidity of human beings, I love Luke um, 8, 9 to 12. It says, To to some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everybody else, I don't want to be that guy, and I don't want to pastor a church that does it. Thank you that you're not that way. Thank you. We have six entry doors in this little room, and that's symbolic. When we expanded the sanctuary, we didn't have to put that little foyer in there, but I wanted that foyer. Why? It wasn't required. Why do I want it? Because I want six front doors so people understand we've got six doors. Everyone's welcome here. I don't care what you believe. I don't care how you voted or if you voted or not. I don't care if you're for cannabis or against cannabis. That's a discussion we'll have another time. <laughs> and if you're for taxing it or not, that's good. Or if dance studios should be considered youth centers, you guys pay attention to your local... I guess you don't. Okay. Yeah. We could debate stuff like that, but that's not what we're about. If you want to know what we're for, I'm just going to tell you real simply, we are for God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, who desperately wants a relationship with you, not to make you religious. The God you can call upon in the middle of the night and say, Lord, I can't sleep. The God you can call upon if you're having suicidal thoughts and say, Lord, I need you. The God who when your kids do stupid things or even run away, that you can say, God, I need your help. Or when you're lonely or when you're grieving the loss of a loved one, the comforter who comes to be with you. This is the Lord who said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'm not preaching, I'm just telling you, this is is what the gospel's about. That God would leave his throne and glory to come to this earth and live here? Are you kidding me? Who would want to come here? Everybody's trying to get to Mars. Who would want to come here? You know? And if that weren't enough, Elon Musk is selling flamethrowers. Look at it online. It's amazing. Yeah. Way new way to make marshmallows. Anyway. Um, Yeah. Sorry. My mind goes everywhere. So two men went up to the temple, one Pharisee, the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself. Could you imagine this? God, I thank you that I'm not like other men. That's a religious spirit. Robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this, this, this tax collector. He put his arm around the guy and said, this dude right here. You know, I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all I get. Now, tax collectors were like low, you know, you had murderers, Adulterers, prostitutes, tax collectors. Like that's kind of how it went. And tax collectors would tell you, you owe the government 1,300 bucks. When in actuality, you only owed them 1,000, but he pocketed pocket and embezzled the other 300, and it was allowed. So if the tax collector came to your house and knocked on your door, you go, oh, gee, I'm getting ripped off. <laughs> What'd he say? I'm better than you. I'm better than him. I'm better than anybody. We said it last week. Being filled with the Holy Spirit doesn't make you better than others. It just makes you better than you. I love that. It makes me the best that I can be. So, let's go over to Romans 3. In the remaining minutes, I won't tell you how many. And If your stomach gets hungry, you just say, see you later, Pastor B. I hope not. Romans 3 is the passage that I shared with this young man on the airplane I want to share with you. Therefore, no one, verse 20, will be declared righteous in his or God's sight by observing the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of our sin. But now a righteousness from God apart from the law has been made what? Read the rest, please. This righteousness from God, comes through in Jesus Christ to all who believe. So I'm talking to this young guy, and he says, you know, I, I went to Catholic school when I was raised. And I go, what do you remember about it? Not much. He goes, everything was a mass. You couldn't have graduation without a mass. You couldn't have a dead, you know, baby. Everything was a mass. You couldn't get together and just go to church. You had to get up, down, up, down, up, down, mass, mass, mass. Peace with you, also with you. You know how many dominions? I can play dominoes better than you can. And it just went on forever. But he said, one thing got me every time we went into that big room. The cross. And I saw Jesus up there. And he goes, I I, I wondered, by the way, this guy, very educated, very sharp, sharp guy, good-looking guy, GQ kind of guy. Had really expensive shoes. I checked them out. <laughs> I looked them up online later, expensive. And he said something got me when I saw the crucifixion. And I said, "Lord, thank you. I can work with this." And here's what I said, "You can't earn God's acceptance by observing the law." Now, for him, I use the word religion. By observing religion. That's why I said we have enough religious cooks to last us a lifetime. Religion says you can please God by external works, but what if you could? And what if you could climb the stairway to heaven, and what if you could actually get there from here? What, what, if, what if you could? What if you, what if you could? And what if you started a day late? Missed it by that much? Hmm. Paul says, all our righteousness is filthy rags. Rags? Yeah, what they would wrap the soldiers with that had wounds or blood would crustify and dirt would get in. They would take those rags later and put them in the fire to be burned. Paul says, the best day, you doing the best thing is like rags that are worthy of the fire in comparison to the righteousness of Christ. I, I shared Romans 3.20 with them that we already alluded to. Therefore, there, no one can be declared righteous in the sight by observing the law, by doing religious stuff or by trying to be good. And I said, number two, the the purpose of the law is to show you your need for a Savior. I asked him this question, and I I, I can't believe I asked. I'm going to ask you, too. How many have ever told a lie? Raise your hand. And those of you that didn't raise your hand, you're lying now. Thank you very much (laughs) for lying. Have you ever coveted she got a new dress? You didn't get it. Or your neighbor drives a brand new car, or at least new to them, puts it in their driveway while your car is smoking out the left side. <laughs> or somebody got a job you always wanted, or somebody got promoted and you didn't, or somebody got the scholarship and you didn't. Huh. The graduation I attended, three students spoke. There were lots of kids there. Three got to speak. I wonder if any kids said, why not me? Huh? Ever ever put anything in front of God ever? We call that idolatry. Most people think, well, I don't have any statues at my house. I don't have idol worship. The minute you put anything in front of God, his will and his way and his purpose, that becomes idolatry. Good morning. I think we're all guilty. My hands are up. But the good news I told him is that, that that righteousness, a right standing with God, comes by faith in Christ alone. Number three, faith in Christ alone. No one else. And then he said this to me. Do I have to go to church? Come on, religious people, come on. Well, if you're really saved to prove your love for the Lord. You'll be in the house of the Lord every time the doors are open. Praise Hallelujah, Jesus to you. <laughs> Brother. I said, no, you don't. The thief on the cross didn't go to church. He got saved while he was hung up. He was hung up. He was busy. Couldn't get to church. <laughs> Took you a while. I know it's getting late. <laughs> you should go to church because we need each other. You should go to church because Hebrews 10 says that's how we we spur each other on. You should go to church because you look across the room like you look across here, and you go, hey, you made it another week. Yeah, in the early church, they got together because people were dying for their faith. Hey, look, look, Joe is here. He made it another week. (laughs) Huh? They had persecution. Today we have donuts. (laughs) Anyway. This this righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ. Two, no, two, two, even a guy shacking up with his girlfriend. Sorry. Even the tattooed guy at Southside. Even the kid that got kicked out of the Air Force. I pray for him all the time. Knucklehead. Yeah. He was selling, he was selling drugs in the Air Force. Not smart. Not smart. To all. God doesn't run away from runaways. God doesn't run away from drifters. To all. Does that include the doubter? Yes. Yes. Does that include the sinner? Oh, good. Does does all include those who really messed up badly? Yeah, good. Do all include... Someone who grew up in the church? Yeah. You all include someone who didn't grow up in the church? You know, all also includes those who've tried to earn their salvation. All is, is, you just think about it. And I began to talk to him about the all. The great exchange. I give him my life and he gives me his life. I give him my sin, he gives me his righteousness. I, I give him my lostness and he gives me my, my my saved status. Christ's righteousness becomes our righteousness. And it's a great day when I take everything that the cross has for me, and the love of Jesus has for me, and the resurrection of Jesus has for me, and I apply it to my life. That's not religion. That's having a relationship with the Lord. See, religion is about me. Relationship with Christ is all about Christ. Religion is all about my external works and church attendance. You should come here. Please come back. But relationship with Christ is all about his perfect work. Religion is all about what I do. But a relationship with Christ is all about what has been done. Some people spell religion D-O. I do this, I do that but other people say it's a relationship and it's spelled D-O-N-E. It's all been done in Christ. And that's really good news. Galatians, don't pervert the gospel. Don't become a Pharisee. Don't. The tax collector, I told you about him. He did what I hope you do. I'll not rip people off, but in Luke 18... 13 and 14, but the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven because he knew he knew what he had done. But he beat his, his breast and said, God, what did he say? Have mercy on me, a sinner. And Jesus then says, I tell you that this man, rather than the other who said he's all righteous and all pure and all good, and his outside looked right, his religious, religiousness was polished. He went home justified before God. Why? Because he said, God, have mercy on me. And that's where it starts. You know, you, you, you might be here today and you might say, well, gee, that's, that's great, Pastor. What are we supposed to do? Well, if you don't know Christ, give him your life, believe in him. Confess him as Lord and Savior, and you'll be saved. And a lot of you are saying, well, I've done that. That's good. I hope they listen today. But I'm going to ask you a challenging question, because if you're not challenged, you'll never change, and you can't rise above religion if you don't ask yourself the question, how religious am I? What would I have said to the guy on the airplane, shacking up? What would I have said to the tattooed guy? See, when Jesus Christ died for all, I mean, that's everybody, on both sides of the aisle, that's people who look nothing like you or act nothing like you. Jesus liked people who were not like him and people that were not like Jesus, like Jesus. How did he do that? He's God in the flesh. He's hanging out with people he shouldn't hang out with, Samaritans. He's talking to prostitutes. Are you kidding me? It's forbidden by the law. He talks to the woman at the well, forbidden by the law. And Jesus recognizes the law is religion. Now, hear this. I'm not not promoting the fact that we can live however we want to live. Get saved and we're under grace and live like hell. That's not what I said. I obey the Lord because I'm saved. I serve him because I'm saved. See, I have faith and then I follow. As opposed to you will follow, you will follow, you will follow. Good luck with that. I, I talked to a parent who's having a struggle with their teenager, and they said, I just can't get my, my, my kid to respond the way I want them to respond. I said, do they know the Lord? Well, sure, they go to Sunday school. I said, no, no, no. no. Do they know the Lord? Well, yeah, they, they, go, to, they, they, they go to church. I mean, they, CM, we're connecting kids to Jesus. Come on. After all, that's just what the church is there for. I said, have you ever invited your young person to Christ? Have you and your husband ever sat down and talked to them about the value of Jesus living inside of you, the Holy Spirit inside of you? No, we 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 grab them by the earlobe and make them go to church. Hope that works for you, sweetheart. Cuz if your kids don't have a relationship with Christ, this world will suck them alive and eat them up and spit them out. I don't know what you did at graduation, but at the end of graduation I was walking around and my heart was just overwhelmed. How many of these kids are going to make it? Statistically, how many of these kids are going to have a bad crash or an overdose? How many of these kids are going to get pregnant out of wedlock? How many of these kids are going to go to jail? <laughs> Come on, balloons, banners, signs, happiness, faces on poles, and I'm thinking this? Well, it's part of life. And I just breathe a silent prayer walking off the campus. No one heard me but, but just God. I said, Lord, protect these kids. Number two, but number one, may they all find Jesus Christ. May they all walk with you. May they all somehow through a miracle recognize who you are. So, I'm one minute away from being done with all the other stuff and the surprise guests and everything else. And five-minute video today. But I want you to hear this. If you don't know Christ, today would be your day. It's the most important thing you'll ever do, the most eternal decision you'll ever make. And the second part is this. If there's religiousness inside of you that keeps you from being with people who aren't like you, I I would pray that you would pray, God, help me to get rid of that. And if I have to, I can just curl my toes in my shoes and keep my big trap shut and extend the gospel. See, I did not condone the guy shacking up. I never did. But I looked past it to say the gospel by the, way, by the way, I just got to end this by saying he did not kneel down in the airplane in the midst of turbulence and raise his hands and say, Jesus, be my Savior, because Brother Fetterman was here. No, 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 no. But he did say this, I'm going to get my old Bible out, and I'm going to read Romans chapter three, and I'm going to share it with my girlfriend. And I thought, hmm, he's already becoming an evangelist. <laughs> not not bad. And we only had to make one circle around Santa Barbara and when it landed I said, "What a great conversation we've had. Thank you for not tuning me out because you thought I might be religious." And he goes, "Oh, actually we had it was a good good conversation." And I said, uh, Thanks for letting me speak to you. Romans 3, hey, Romans 3, buddy. He went to get his luggage and I went my way. You know people like that? They're going to cross your path. God's going to put them next to you on airplanes or next to you at wherever you go to eat or next to you where you work. And you'll find ways, have inroads into their life if you get full of Christ and cease being. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Please visit us at mylfc.com for more information about our church. Thank you so much for listening.